0: Hi, this is Keith Dent, host of the Black Men Speak podcast. Welcome to our state of relationships from a Black male perspective. As we discuss
1: issues of dating and marriage from a Black male perspective. With Keyshawn Scott. You know, people are not being 100% themselves. Some people feel as if people are hiding behind a computer. They believe that there's less authenticity now. Um, People can kind of fake it a little bit. Um, and it's harder. You know, I'm hearing it from a lot of single people that it's very hard. And Dr. Armand Perry. The, the
2: idea behind marriage has shifted. It used to be that uh, marriage was something that people would do early on in life lives, and then they would build their lives from there. Marriage was a beginning. Nowadays, it seems like, to whatever extent, people are interested in marriage, they're interested in it. as sort of the icing on the cake of a culminating two individuals who have finished or completed themselves individually, and now they'll bring that together.
0: I hope you come away with some gems that can help you in your relationships. On that note, let's start the show. Today is our really state of relationships from a black male perspective. And I love doing this show because I get to have great guests on that are on the ground. And we one thing is we get to do is provide advice and support for our black men that needs, need help in their relationships or just how to be better men. Because I think there aren't too many places around where this happens. A lot of the information that you may get out there is uh, negative and what we're not doing. And and that's not, that's not the answer. We really have to really um, have some really support and help where we can. And that's why it's great having these uh, men that are going to be on today. So just kind of a little backstory on just relationships in general, you know, from the state of dating, you know, online dating seems to be kind of the main way we meet people nowadays. You know, a lot of people are not meeting in person. But on the flip side of that, it seems dating seems to be much harder. Um, I was looking at the Pew uh, Research Center data, you know, about this, and I found it fascinating. And some of the differences from a gender perspective is that women find it harder to find someone that meets their expectations um, versus men. It's kind of 56 versus 35% gap. And then hard to find someone that have the same relationship goals as the other, where women 65%. Versus men, forty-five percent. And then, you know, in doing more research, you know, I found in a Reddit poll that, you know, black men find it hard to find advice that is helpful to them in the dating See, Most of it is negative, where black men are being blamed, or the data or that they're receiving is a little bit out of touch. And then, which I found was interesting, and I don't know if we'll be able to address it, but you know, there were some men that consider themselves corny or safe still feel like they're being uh, left out of the conversation of dating uh, and more than likely meaning and where the bad boy uh, man, black man is the desirable man. uh, And and then those other men are being uh, left behind. So in in marriages, um, you know, marriages are just declining across the board. Um, but what I found really fascinating is that African americans that have been unmarried, fifty-two percent of black men have been unmarried, and then forty-eight percent of black women have been unmarried. And I saw that in the black uh, black male statistics. And so, what does that what does that ask really mean? So that means there are people out there too that want to get married but have been unmarried. And why is that? So we're going to kind of. Tackle that today. We're going to talk. We try to touch upon modern dating. What are some of the do's and don'ts out there? Um, what are some of the deal breakers that men actually have, not women, but what men have? And then when it comes to marriage, how are you know how are we getting it wrong, and what should? be our approach to marriage and so to help with these questions i have some real heavy hitters when dealing with relationships i have keyshorn scott he's a best-selling author international speaker and then what i love is that he's called himself the heartbreak coach um, and he has some great books out there um, he was a book of recent book kind of on relationships called the heart of gold uh relationship devotionals which you know you have to check them out i also have dr Armin perry He's been a guest on the show in the past. Um, he's the professor of the Kent School of Social Work at the University of Louisville. And he's the author of Black Love Matters and Authentic Men's Voices on Marriage and Romantic Relationship. Uh, Keyshawn, Dr. Perry, how are you guys doing?
1: Hey, doing well, doing well. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having Absolutely. us. Thanks for having us, Pete.
0: Great, great. So let's just get started. You heard the kind of the beginning monologue, and I wanted to touch upon... Uh, that little bit. And then we'll kind of start with dating first. So that because that seems to be well, that's kind of the primary way we have to to get to marriage. So what are your initial thoughts about what I just said in, in regards to the state of dating? And Keyshawn, we'll kick it off with you first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the state of dating is unique um, because of social media and the internet. It has its pros and cons. It gives people the opportunity to, you know, as they say, slide into people's DMs, but also it's with the online dating as well. You know, people are not being 100% themselves. Some people feel as if people are hiding behind a computer. They believe that there's less authenticity now. Um, People can kind of fake it a little bit, Um, and it's harder. You know, I'm hearing it from a lot of single people that it's very hard to date now because people aren't showing up as they should or who they think they um, should be. Um, And it's losing its value because a lot of people are, you know, I know we're going to get into marriage, but a lot of people expectations or they don't want marriage. They're looking for something quick and looking for something fun, but nobody wants the substance of getting to know someone nowadays. They just want to have fun. They just look in the past time. They're not looking for anything with real substance. And that's what i am been hearing a lot from single people and people who are in the dating world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dr. Perry, anything to add on that? Anything
0: additional?
2: I, I think I'm hearing a lot of the same things, seeing a lot of the same things in the people that... Uh, we engage here in town with some of our community-based projects. I think another big issue is that it seems as though uh, the the idea behind marriage has shifted. It used to be that uh, marriage was something that people would do early on in lives, and then they would build their lives from there. Marriage was a beginning. Nowadays, it seems like to whatever extent people are interested in marriage, they're interested in it as sort of the icing on the cake of a culmination of two individuals who have finished or completed themselves individually, and now they'll bring that together. And anyone who's married, you know that you're never really ready, right? And So to the extent Mm. that people are waiting until they're ready emotionally, financially, and otherwise, then it just takes longer and longer for some of them and never happens. So I think that's another challenge added on to that as well. Yeah,
1: I like that one that you said, because just thinking about my, you know, my marriage, like we were never ready. You know, we even had a conversation about that um, a few weeks ago, we said, like, We well, ever ready for marriage? <laughs> like it's just something that we just dived into because we we like the idea. We felt as if, like you said, early on in life, you like each other, you love each other. Let's tie the knot, let's get married, right? Let's do life together, let's have children, let's build a family. But we have to understand that we're consistently learning each other. We're consistently trying to get ready. And marriage is not like a destination. I've arrived here. Is more of hey, we're working on this together, but two still separate strangers. We're changing every day. She's changing, I'm changing, mm-hmm. um, and we're growing. But we have to do that also individually and together as well. And that's an ongoing process.
0: Right. And so and do you so do you think with the algorithms of social media, it paints a picture that I guess everybody's already ready or not ready, already have secured what they what their lives should be. So do you think it makes it Harder because usually the those things are individually based and not, I guess, couples based or family based.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think social media is is just like any other tool, right? If I give you a hammer, you can do one or two things with it. You can build a house or you can tear a house down. So the 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 tool is is just that, right? It, but it takes people to to utilize the tool and. In any tool, you need training, you need skills, you need practice, you need reps in order to use it effectively. Um, I think, unfortunately, what happens is uh, if we're talking specifically about uh, our people, Black people, there seems to be a great deal of fascination. This may be the truth with other people, but I pay particular attention to it with with our folks. There's this uh, fascination and maybe even obsession with celebrity culture. Mm-hmm. and that just get, gets magnified on social media. So we are, we have this really, really bad thing about trying to keep up with whatever the, the new hot person is and whatever that situation is and trying to emulate and mimic that. And and, and you talked about the authenticity. So a lot of authenticity, I think, is lost and people trying to put on airs and put on this sort of persona and social media only uh, exacerbates and, and, and magnifies that. So I think in that way, we use the tool and in some of the wrong ways, as opposed to what it may be used for positively, which is being able to stay connected and get connected and sort of shrink the world down. We use it to front, fake and perpetrate, as they used to say back in the day. I think. And, and none of those things bode well for relationships. Right? Relationships are about vulnerability, are about transparency, They're about authenticity. And social media creates a veil where you can hide behind all of those things and not be the truest version of yourself, which takes away your opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: And so I know we want to really get to it because we want to leave. Um, we want to leave takeaways on, on the show today. So I think for lack of time, Keishor, well how how about you tackle the dos of modern dating? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, of course, you're dealing with folks that are <laughs> probably had some heartbreak, and you're <laughs> trying to get them back in the get them back in the dating lanes. And and Doctor Perry, you handle the don'ts. Um, because you're dealing with trying to help people with healthy relationships. So you go ahead, Keyshawn.
1: Yeah, a few things, you know, before I get into the meat of it is definitely communication, right? You have to learn how to communicate openly, be honest and transparent about your intentions, your feelings, your expectations and relationships, your standards, your boundaries. I believe that effective communication is crucial for building trust in any relationship and understanding. Um, and it goes into listening. You know, a lot of people don't listen. We want to be heard, but we don't listen. So we have to learn how to practice active listening and show genuine genuine, genuine interest into people that we're interested in. Right. And we have to be authentic. I think we just spoke about authenticity. Um, a lot of people like to hide. They like to manipulate. They like to gaslight. But you have to learn how to be yourself and allow your true personality to shine through. You know, to the other person, if they're, if they love you, if they care about you, if they wanna move forward with you, so be it. If they don't, we need to understand that it's okay, right? It's okay not to be chosen. You're not for everybody. And it goes back to setting boundaries, establishing clear boundaries for yourself, um, communicating on time, not settling, um, and practicing self care. You know, even after breakups and heartbreak, one thing that I always tell people is that you have to practice healthy self care. And what that looks like. It's that you have to meet the requirements of your requirements. You see, a lot of people, they're asking for things they're not willing to give, because they're asking it out of a painful, unhealthy part, but not a healthy part. The only reason you're asking for somebody who's honest and communicating, and who will love you, is maybe because your past relationship, your past partner, didn't give you all these qualities. So now, when you get into this new relationship, you're not saying, who. Oh, if I'm going to become better, you're just expecting this person to meet your requirements and your needs. If not, they're out the door. And I believe social media, um kind of built this perception that if this man or if he need not give me what I want I need he, he gotta go because I'm not settling no more I'm not but well, what about what you're going to bring to the table? What about your requirements? what about being honest and caring and loving and you know appreciative and um, caring and honest and all these other good stuff that you have to bring to the table too. So a lot of it is that you you have to start working on you. you have to practice healthy self-care and like I mentioned behind close behind the closed doors, One thing with me is that I I really started saying, you know what, what is, what traits do not, what what am I doing wrong in my life? Because one thing that me and my wife, we spoke about the other day is that I'm growing separately and she's growing separately. Right. Mm -hmm. And God wants me by myself to be a good man of God. And God wants her to be a woman of God. But what God deposits into me as a man, I will deposit it into my wife, into my daughter. And it trickles down like that. But a lot of times, we just want to be everything to everybody. Say, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good. Yeah, but it starts somewhere. It starts at some kind of head. It starts at some kind of way for you to start trickling down those information um from the bottom and if you're not okay nothing around you is going to be okay Mm -hmm. if you're not healthy if you can't communicate if you're not a a provider if you don't know who you are then how do you respect everybody else at the bottom to understand who you are so a lot of the do's starts with with you it starts with who you are how you want to show up um are you healthy are you loving from a healthy place or are you you loving from a resentful place right are you angry are you bitter um, are you expecting? Are you in a position to give and receive love? And a lot of people we aren't. We're in a position to um, to receive. We're in a position to give. You know, a lot of people we just love to receive. He better treat me right. She better do this because my ex didn't do that because of my person. But what about you? You know, the other person they expect you to treat them right with love, respect, attention. You mm-hmm. know, and without having to beg for the necessities. You know, because certain necessities to love in relationships. So um, yeah. I believe like those, you know, few things, of course, we could go deeper into these these things separately, but I would say that's like the surface of um, some of the do's that people should expect. Okay. And, w- and what about the don'ts? Yeah, I
2: think so. I, so here's what I think. I think it's important for whether it be men or women, if you're going to be in a relationship, uh, don't compete with your partner. You have to learn to cooperate with your partner. Mm. And so that's about reciprocity. Right. And Ke- uh, Keisha, you touched on this, you can't you can't ask something of a person that you yourself aren't willing to give. And that goes for men mm-hmm. and women. We're seeing so much about people, like you say, with all of these expectations and all of these lists of things that they want to require. And the question becomes, to what extent do you have all those things to offer? Right. And so so again, so it's about uh, reciprocity. It's about cooperation, not about competition. Um, None of us are perfect. All of us are works in progress. And so that leads us to a conversation about accountability. We all bring junk and and stuff and baggage or whatever the case may be into our relationships. And so it's first important for us to don't bring that into new and current relationships. Right. So we ought not be held accountable for the things that have happened to people uh, that we didn't have anything to do with. So folks should take the time to work on themselves before they're looking to get into relationships so that that way you aren't trying to uh, superimpose whatever thoughts and beliefs and ideas about relationships that didn't work out or went sideways or whatever the case may be, bringing that into your new and current situation. Uh, So again, it's about reciprocity, it's about cooperation, it's about accountability. I think those are the things. And I would offer too, if you're you're a man, uh, I mean, I think this is just good advice for anybody, but particularly if you are a man in a relationship. You have to be able to exhibit three types of discipline uh, emotional discipline financial discipline and sexual discipline if you can start with those three things then i think you'll you're well on your way to being able to engage your relationship engage your partner in a way that is uh, stable and is consistent and positions you to be the type of leader and head That relationship will require. Um, So, again, so those are the things that immediately come to mind emotional discipline, financial discipline, sexual discipline, and then making sure that you show up ready to reciprocate, uh, cooperate, and be accountable. Wow, that's heavy. I know we would, that would almost
0: be another show by itself, you know? (laughs) Because those, I mean, those, to tackle all of those things, I know probably the biggest thing that our communities probably tackle the most are probably the the financial discipline part. And because we have so many other factors that impact that, it probably makes it really hard. And then, of course, the, also the expectation is not for us to have sexual discipline in our communities. And so, that to even you know, because in that, if we do that, then it's like, oh, we may be seen as weak or yeah. or or gay. So that would be rather. That's a, we'll have to wait till next <laughs> to the next time to touch those three. Uh, things. But I, I really love that. And I love the um, also, I guess, walk the talk. You know, if you're going to complain about somebody's issues, you better make sure you're doing them yourself. So I, I love that part. Um, and to kind of touch upon this quickly, because I want to make sure we get to the marriage uh, before I know Kishon has to drop off. Um, what are one or two deal breakers that men have? Because I think when we think of deal breakers, we really, we hear more from the woman's side. Oh, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. But men have deal breakers as well. So have have you've heard of some of the deal breakers we should point out uh, tonight that women should really think about?
2: Well, so I think most men and and a lot of men that I've encountered as far as my research is concerned, when we talk about things like deal breakers, they talk about infidelity, right? So, I mean, that's one that immediately comes to mind. Um, That's one of the quickest ways to have a man to bring a relationship to an end, I think that when you dig deeper than that, I think what a lot of men are experiencing, but not a lot of men are saying, is a deal breaker is having a partner who does not see them as a whole human being, right? So, mm-hmm. so in other words, uh, we live in a day and time where people know a lot more about mental health and mental illness than we've ever known we know a lot more about being authentic and we know more about being transparent. But what tends to happen for men is when they try to exhibit those things, even with their partners, they get sanctioned for it in some way, shape, form or fashion. And what that teaches them, the message that they receive is that this is not a safe person for me. This is not a safe place for me to be a whole human being who can experience a range of emotions. And so what ends up happening is once that happens, for better or for worse, for right or for wrong, the message that they receive, the way that they are being socialized, the thing that they're taught, even in their relationships, is that the only emotions that it's okay for me to express are anger and frustration. And so they end up devolving into what some people would call toxic masculinity. But sometimes that's because that's the only type of masculinity that's welcomely received or accepted, even with and among the people who are supposed to be closest to them. So again, just to sort of sum it up, I think if you talk to men, what they'll tell you is their deal breaker is infidelity from a sexual standpoint. But if you're able to dig deeper and have a, either a really, really true and authentic conversation, what they're really seeing and what they're really experiencing is people who, for whatever reason, don't create safe places and spaces for them, even in the
0: context of a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Keisha, anything to add?
1: Yeah, I would add, um, I would think that going back to the financial discipline part. Um, I believe that's a real that's like money can be a big deal breaker for a lot of people in relationships. You know, whether you disagree on how much you both should contribute to um household budget. Maybe you know that whole men should pay one hundred percent. women should pay nothing, or women should pay fifty percent and men should be forty percent. You know how you spend versus how you save or what you um what you spend your money on at all, you know? And I fell in that category years ago when um our a lot of our arguments and issues where it was about money, right? It was about, um, if I'm working and I'm paying all this stuff, I should spend my money however I want to. And it was all about me, 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 me. It's my money. Yeah. If I'm spending this, if I'm doing that, it's mine. And I can spend my money however. Instead of that, that we're a family, we're building, this is our money, um, and I should speak to my wife if I'm going to spend money, that communication has to be there. On um, if I am spending, it could be on anything. Hey, babe, I need to spend money on this, or so I'm gonna spend money on this, rather than buying something. And then when she says something about it, then I say, Well, listen, it was not your money anyway. You didn't work for this. Um, and that can be, you know, a really, really tough deal breaker um for a lot of people, right? Um, in this, in this, in this age.
0: These two next kind of topics dealing on marriage, which is interesting because you know, as we as i noted earlier you know 52% of men are unmarried or you know have never been married and then 48% of women so um that's i find that fascinating but are we approaching marriage wrong and is it you know are we approaching marriage wrong and isn't it is it still a viable option for us cuz i i think that you know it's already trending downward you know and that's across the board but it's it's somehow our community is it's really being affected, and I'm sure there could be some other factors that that contribute to that. But for
1: the most part, are we doing it the right way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, just to to jump in, I think. There is a right way, but everybody has to do the right way, um, in their way, right? Their right way um for marriage. And marriage is absolutely, you know, viable in my opinion for black couples, right? Just as, you know, it is for couples of any other race, right? But like any relationship, successful marriages require effort. You know, and a lot of people don't like to put in effort or communication or commitment. And it's from both people, both partners, not just from the man and not just from the woman. Um And there's a lot of historical and social, you know, factors in the black communities that we face, right? A lot of systematic challenges, um, discrimination, economic disparities. Um, And like, I I love what, um, you know, doctor said earlier when we were behind, you know, screen about how there's a lot of things put into place to kind of prevent us, right? And what you don't know do hurt you. That's why it's always good to kind of, have a community, have a village, you know, of different people, you know, people who can teach you about finances, you know, premarital people who could tell you about marriage, because if you don't see successful things in your mind, it doesn't exist, right? Like some people, you tell people about the stock market, they'll think it's a scam because they don't know nobody else that knows about the stock market. You tell people about crypto, crypto is a scam, right? But they haven't seen anybody in the community that's invested in no Bitcoin or anything. Right. But then when they see things on the news, they think that all these people are lucky, these people are blessed. No, it's just we didn't have the information kind of change our situation. But if we had these information, we had these circles, we had these villages, we had these things put into place, then I believe that we can be extremely successful. Right. And yeah. Well, let me add on that, because we have
0: so many people we follow, you know, that we could actually listen and get, you know, positive information from these people. So we're saying that we still feel these, and I won't say characters, but we say those individuals are fake or it doesn't resonate. I, I find that interesting because I know we all have platforms that we use. Yeah. And so and the, only the only way we can <laughs> kind of substantiate what we're saying is to do the reels or instant, you know, the videos. So audiences will listen to it. So yeah. does that mean we're just kind of wasting our time because it, that people aren't gonna believe it anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, some people they 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 I think they wanna believe it, but I think their present circumstances kind of tells them that they can't, right? Because how you're supposed to invest or do all these things when you know you have two baby, two children, you know, you have to you work your nine to five or you're back on bills or you have all these credit card debts, you know, and certain things, sometimes it feels imp- I believe sometimes it feels impossible. Mm-hmm. For some people to even get started they believe the information they know the information is real but i think just getting started and putting that first foot out the door um is the most difficult part for some people hmm. Dr. yeah I,
2: I would agree i think that there are a couple of things there uh, one i think that marriage has become largely a middle class and up institution because of all the reasons that we mentioned earlier right like people are waiting until they get themselves together whatever that means to them and low-income people in their minds, they aren't together, right? So the idea of sort of working and building a life with some other person who's not together doesn't seem like a viable option to many of those folks. So disproportionately and specifically in the black community, America has become a middle-class institution. Um, I think that a part of the challenge there is that um, poverty becomes a distraction, right, because you have to concern yourself Uh, with the day-to-day, how am I gonna eat today? How am I gonna feed my kids? How am I gonna make sure that we secure uh, stable housing, whatever the case may be? And so when that happens, it becomes really, really difficult to do that really, really difficult labor-intensive work that LaShawn was talking about, which is focusing on building a relationship, right? And so a lack of financial resources becomes a distraction that allows people to turn against one another, as opposed to turning to one another, which is the idea of a relationship. So that can be troublesome or problematic. Something else that I think that uh, we should also be paying attention to is that any critique or criticism of black families or black marriage also has to include a criticism or a critique of the larger context, societal context in which we operate. Because we don't create the rules that govern our society, talk specifically about our black people, mm-hmm. right? So you hear people talking about this idea of sometimes black people behaving like crabs in a barrel, but it's also true that a barrel is not a crab's natural habitat and that's sort of our experience in a colonized America right so we've been brought here and have other people's systems superimposed on us so we're just doing the best that we can in the unnatural uh and uh, foreign sort of context and so anytime there's a lot of this time for discussion and conversation about what we're doing quote unquote wrong as it relates to marriage and relationships but all of those things should be accompanied by a larger critique of the broader society because those are the forces that shape our behavior
0: so as we kind of close um, and if there is a black man that's on the fence, let's say, trying to decide if they want to get married, um, what would the two of you give? What are two things that they should do or investigate or uh, determine that they have before they decide to do it?
2: So here, here my two um the the first thing is i think that it's important for everybody to understand that your happiness is your responsibility right Uh, your happiness is your responsibility so if you're a man your happiness is your responsibility and you ought not take on the responsibility of anybody else's happiness uh the the second thing i would say and this is a little bit sort of non-traditional if we're talking about marriage not just relationships but we're talking about Um, ascending to the point of marriage and sustained marriage and healthy marriage over a long period of time. I don't think healthy and sustained marriages are really about love. I think they're about investment and they're about a sense of obligation. I think one of the challenges we face is that when we prioritize or we center this thing of love, we're talking about an emotional thing that can be fleeting. Right. Mm. It's here today and it's going tomorrow. And if you're going to be with somebody over a 20 year period, LaShawn talked about it. He's growing, he's evolving, his wife is growing, she's evolving. And sometimes we grow and we grow in the same wavelength. And sometimes we grow apart and so on and so forth. So if you have love at the center of the thing, well, you can wake up 10 years from now and recognize that this is a completely different person. And if the love is the thing that was the glue, well, then that would explain some of the divorce rate, right? So I think it's important for people to understand the importance of investment and the sense of obligation. Once you make that commitment, you've made that commitment and say for somebody putting you in physical danger, if I'm a man, I'm looking for somebody who has a strong sense of investment and someone with a strong sense of obligation, because that's something that is not going to waver as much as something fleeting
1: as the emotion associated with love. Right. Okay. that's great. I agree with that, because I always say that, you know, um love is not a love. love is not a love enough. you know, a lot of people love to say, you know, but I love you, but you know, but I care about you, but all this. And I'm like, yeah, but love is not enough. you know, you need more than that to sustain a healthy relationship or a marriage um, or even a friendship, right? just let's not, let's not even go all the way up. let's just stop at friendship. Uh, love is not enough for a friendship because your friend is going to go through a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations. They may want to speak to you about certain things, and you have to be there. You have to be that heir. You have to offer advice. You know, you have to show up, and there's different ways to show up. You know, a lot of people they think that love is enough, but don't you see that I love you? But what about the actions? You're not showing it. There's no commitment. There's nothing else there of value and substance to sustain this this marriage at all. Um, but what one thing that I will definitely say you know to a black man who's aspiring to be married you know do what I not do what I do but try to take some things or some tools that I've done I realized that I had a lot of issues that I don't I didn't want to bring into marriage I had a lot of anger problems um I wasn't satisfied with my life and I realized that you know I had a lot of mom problems father I had so much issues that if I would have brought it into a marriage or relationship at that point I would have damaged every woman that I've been came in contact with because I would expect them to see where I'm at and I don't even know where I'm at I don't even know where I'm going so it would have been a lot of issues a lot of me being defensive a lot of her trying to raise me or trying to babysit me or trying to tell me that it's going to be okay but what I really needed was support what I really needed was therapy what I really needed was somebody to to um to help me and navigate you know these areas in my life so I could become a better man so I could be, become a better son um in this area. So what I would definitely say is like, kind of sit down and do a self inventory check and see who are you, you know? And what are some things that's really hold you back? What have people said about you? Is it true? And to find out, is it true? Find moments in your life where you exhibit these behaviors. And how did you feel? A lot of times I ask myself, if I if I find myself in an unhealthy situation and it kind of changes my emotion and I realize that I'm not, I'm not in my element anymore, ask myself, what happened just now that made me think or feel this way? Because I feel uncomfortable. And then I'll go back to that thing and try to handle that thing so I can get back into my original kind of state um, in there. Um, and one thing is, you know, be proud of who you are and what you bring to a relationship. You know, look for a partner that appreciates and supports you, but you have to meet the requirements of your requirements first. You have to meet the requirements of your requirements. You have to become what you're willing, what you're asking for. You can't ask for somebody who's going to be honest and you're out here cheating. You can't ask somebody who's going to love you unconditionally, support your dreams and your goals, and your aspirations. And you're not willing to do that yourself. You have to meet the requirements of your requirements. But in that journey, learn about yourself. Um, you know, seek God. as the one that I'll, I'll definitely say. Um, seek God. Um, have a faith base of friends and fellowship because having a community is so so important because as men, I mean, as as men, as me, I could feel as if I'm lonely and there's no other body I could talk to and I'll be in my thoughts and I'll overthink and there'll be so much different thoughts in my mind. I think I'm correct, but I'm not. I need a supportive system to kind of help me and tell me, hey, kids won't be okay. This is what I need to do. Here is how you can navigate this. So having that community is very important. That's great. I love that meet the requirements
0: of your requirements. Yeah. Um, so um, and we're gonna end with that, Keisha and Dr. Perry. Thank you for being on today. Um, like I said, got, happy anniversary again. Thank you. Um, enjoy enjoy the rest of your evening. And Dr. Perry, and we'll be we'll do this again because I wanted okay. to definitely dive deeper
1: into those requirements. So yeah. Thank you, Dr. Perry, too. Absolutely. you. are ready in like 30, thirty-five minutes. <laughs> All right. You, you yeah, guys I'm have good. a great have a great night. You too.
0: What a wonderful podcast. Dr. Perry and Keyshorn and Scott truly dropped some gems. My takeaways in this episode were that we have to meet the requirement of our requirements. And as men, having an investment mindset and a sense of obligation will truly take us far if we really want our marriages to last. I can't wait until the next quarter when I will hopefully have them on again so we can dive deeper into these topics black men speak was written produced and edited by me Keith Denner. you can find other episodes wherever you get your favorite podcast and make sure you share and subscribe not only this episode but past episodes as well our black men speak person of the week is nicholas selick who created a film called something good negro kiss made in 1898 Something Good Negro Kiss, now featured as part of the Regeneration Exhibition, celebrating black cinema at the Detroit Institute of Arts, features vaudeville stars Gertie Brown and St. Soul in what's believed to be the earliest on screen depiction of black intimacy. It's brief and sweet, showcasing its two actors dressed in the nines as they banter, embrace, and share smooches. This is Keith Dent from the Black Men Speak
1: podcast. Peace.